Peace and blessings, good people, and welcome to Father Shit, a podcast on fatherhood in 20. Today, I'm your host, Fleming. And I'm Miss Vaughn. And today, we've got... Um, we have a panel. We do. We do. Of some very cool individuals. So, I'm going to uh, let y'all go ahead and introduce yourselves, and we can start off with... We'll start off with Anthony. Hi, I'm Anthony. Um, I exist. <laughs> There you go. There you go. Okay. <laughs> that works. That works. Right. That works. <laughs> right. Mr. Keith. Good evening, or actually, hello, everyone, since it's going to be played at different times. Right. Uh, my name is Keith, and I'm a Harlem native. Okay. A man of Sigma. Mm-hmm. A insurance professional who is also engaged with diversity, equity, and inclusion. And I'm excited about the conversation. Cool. Come on, diversity. Here we go. <laughs> Mr. Maurice. So Maurice Thompson, um, Southsider of Chicago, born and raised. Whoop, whoop. Um, also now a new native of the DMV area. Um, I guess we're giving a little bit of background. Sure. Um, I work for the feds. I work. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, no, um, definitely excited. Thank you guys for inviting me to this podcast um, and allowing me just to give a perspective. Cool. A different perspective. Appreciate that. So, yes, Anthony. Can I redo mine? Because yes, now I feel bad. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> please, Anthony, redo yours, please. Thank you. Uh, I'm Anthony. I'm hailing from East Oakland, California. I, I currently live in Las Vegas, and now I'm seriously worried about Maurice being on this call. <laughs> you better be. <laughs> be very nervous. Like, very nervous. All right. All right. Uh, too funny. Too funny. Well, so basically, the the well, thank you all for coming on um, to the podcast. So this this particular episode um, is one that I felt was a, a good conversation. This article I was reading. Um, Whereas some varsity was like straight men don't want gay friends, which me personally, I disagree with. So brought you all episodes to have a good conversation about this. So why did you choose these particular gentlemen? Because anytime we have a conversation, I'm all about good conversation. You know, and these are two, these are three people who I know would offer um, not only just good conversation, but a perspective that was honest and just raw and just tell it like like it is, which is what we need to hear anyway. So so here we are. I'll go ahead and start the conversation. Come on first. Come on first. Being a... Being a male who identifies as a homosexual male who's married um, and has lived most of his life as a homosexual male, um, it baffles me um, when you're dealing with, quote unquote, straight men. Right. And, And I say, quote unquote, because there's such a fine line, in my opinion, with what's considered straight. Right. But I'll 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 come back to that point. Uh, but what I find is, you know, is 
dealing with, you know, folks at work, dealing with your fraternity brothers and just dealing with other men. Uh, when men are comfortable in who they are, as long as you're not force feeding them your lifestyle or force feeding them um, your beliefs or your thought process, then overall it's not a major issue, right? But I think also you have to be able to understand individuals, understand reading the room and what makes sense. And what I mean by that is um, I'm not going to press upon. So like Chris, I've been knowing Chris now for some years. I'm not going to press upon Chris. Yeah, uh, you know, my husband and we do this and we do that. That's not your conversation, right? I should be able to talk to you as a human being, um, as an individual, as someone who just is forward thinking as a man first. My sexual preference has nothing to do with our conversation, our outputs, or our connectivity, right? And so there's so many other things that we can connect on and and and, and just be interact with, right? So it just, it troubles me, you know, that we're even still at this place and space because it just, it, 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 I think it derives from ignorance. I think it derives from individuals not only not being comfortable with themselves, but pressing upon their own issues onto you. And so it just, for me, living in this life, living um, and trying to exist is just puzzling. You know, because I'm like, well, excuse my language, but bitch, I don't care what you do. You shouldn't care what I do. If anything, if we can connect, <laughs> connect and be cool, not worried about what I'm doing and who you're doing it with. And so it's just so many thoughts, but I, I don't want to monopolize this conversation. So I'm going to let someone. No, I, I appreciate that. I had a conversation once where um, with a former coworker where I posed the question and I said, you know, when we think about heterosexual relationships, the first place, we don't first go into the bedroom and what they're doing. We accept them for, for it's just being people. And it's like, okay, two people in love. And I was like, but whenever we talk about homosexual relationships, it's like we instantly go into the bedroom of what's being done. And I'm like, that goes to show you where it is that as, as, a, as a heterosexual person, it's your mindset already is. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's you're not even looking at the person as being just a regular person as a human as being. a human being, which which mm-hmm. I have an issue with. You know. So, right. Keith, you look like you had something to say. Oh uh, yeah, he looked ready. Yeah, I mean, I have a couple things to say, but <laughs> <clears throat> you know, I think there's a couple things, right? So, what you're saying there, I think, is more true for gay men than it is for lesbians when it comes to acceptance, right? So in straight men, I don't think have as much of an issue talking about or being around or engaged with lesbians, but they have an extreme difference when it comes to transgender, um, the transgender community, especially male to female transgender uh, community members, as well as gay men. Something Maurice said, you know, I think rings true, and that is whether or not they're comfortable with themselves. And so that that definitely plays into it. But I think there's some other things that we sometimes neglect talking about that are specific in communities of color, uh, more so than in the community at large, right? And that is how the church, mosque, or worship center has played a pivotal part in our community. And for long, 
you know, for a long time, there was a very strict um, belief system or dogma that was taught that made everyone who was gay a sinner um, and therefore ineligible for all of the things that come with whatever belief system, right? So in Christianity, um, you know, you can't be saved um, Mm -hmm. because you're gay. And it's, it's, you know, today, I think we're turning a corner with that. And so the community support, I think, is one of the things that really has made or has put up a wall that divides our heterosexual brothers and our homosexual brothers. Um, I identify as same gender loving, which is a term that comes from um, one of the premier gentlemen in the LGBTQ space, specifically of color, uh, Cleo Manigo. And um, Cleo coined his term. I actually have to check his name, but Cleo had uh, put forth some, some information and started a group, which then that term was coined because gay was a very, um, it was a socialized term, but it was also a political term. And for a long time, it didn't really, it didn't really express what people of color who fell into that community were about, or it didn't reflect the the challenges that we had as well. So um, I'll stop there. And just in case Anthony has something to say, you know, and then we'll continue the conversation. But as you said, thank you, Maurice, for starting us off. Anthony. Um, well, I always tell my friends, um, you know, the three most fragile things on earth are di- diatomaceous earth, um, rice paper, and masculinity. And having gay friends a lot of times for certain men means you are also gay because you are amongst your tribe. And so a lot of times, like to me, I I usually found it bullshit. Like I was one of those people as a youth, I would take up for the little guy unless it was Chris. Um, and like growing up where we grew up in the part of Oakland that we grew up, I played football most of my life. Nine times out of 10, I knew which teammates were gay before some of them even knew. But like trying to be that place where you can come to me and say, hey, I feel this way, I feel that way. And even knowing you could get beat the fuck up for that, like legitimately just for saying, this is my preference. I think Maurice was right. People, nobody else in the world besides gay males and straight males are worried about what your sexuality is when they meet you right off the bat. Like you meet, Absolutely. You, you can meet somebody and shake hands. And if he says, you know, um, hi, how you doing with a lack of bass in their voice, you start, you know, you pull back a little like, oh, okay, well, I don't want anybody to an extent, even in black neighborhoods, it's like talking to the cops, right? You talk to a gay guy, all of a sudden you're both gay, you know, and the hood jumps to many conclusions many and that was always one of the most bullshit ones to me and so also growing growing up with the family i had you know my aunt cora was gay um my mom's best friends were all gay like literally growing up all her best friends were gay so if i didn't understand it i was gonna understand it Mm -hmm. can i just put my um di hat on for a second um 
and it's related to two terms that I've heard uh, used tonight. And that the first one is lifestyle, right? And so as a member of the community, I know I don't consider being gay or same gender loving my lifestyle. For me, my lifestyle is, you know, where I live, where I vacation, what I drive. Mm -hmm. Um, Me being gay is just part of who I am. It's a part of my life, but not lifestyle, right? And then the other piece is preference. Um, So the word preference kind of presents the fact that I have a choice in how I identify. The only thing I have a choice about and all of us on the phone have a choice about is expressing to others who we are. Like we have that choice. We don't have to do it, but it's not that I prefer being gay. It's just that I'm, I am gay and I'm also comfortable speaking to others about that and, you know, not being closeted about who I am. Now that's the way I identify. And so I don't want to take that as, me trying to correct the conversation, but just for listeners, um, if we're if we're talking to others, it's important to recognize that the what those two words kind of um, will lead to potential thoughts about. No, that's a, absolutely appreciate that. Oh, so let no, go ahead, Maurice. So let me let me piggyback off of what you just said, Keith. So um, and and. I, I know I should not maybe think this way, but maybe I'm just dating myself or giving um, some of my upbringing, right? So a couple things that have resonated with me. Um, one, um, when we think about where we are as a society, as a culture, um, I feel like we're so far behind, right? Because, you know, I think back to my upbringing and while I felt like I was extremely blessed, there were so many things that we can all relate to in this culture that we did not experience, right? So I'm looking at everybody on the phone and I'm assuming that we're somewhat close in age, right? So growing up, uh, we all, for the most part, probably came with some additives of, you know, the saying of things that happened in my house should remain in my house, right? So we did not deal with trauma. We did not deal with uh, really discovering who we are. We dealt with, okay, if your family was religious, you went to church, you sang in church or whatever you did, things that happened, everything was just a quiet perspective. And so all of those issues and just life matriculated to your later being, right? So when I think about, um, you know, growing up, I know that I was extremely blessed. It blessed physically, emotionally, to a certain degree, right? And I say that because... Um, when I think about, if I if I look back at my childhood, I feel like I had uh, amazing folks who did the best that they could. And for the most part, I'm okay. But there's so many key factors that are missing. And so now fast forward, I'm looking at this generation and they are, while I'm supposed to also wear the diversity and inclusion hat, I'm confused. <laughs> you know, we're getting into the, you know... So I'll I'll give an example. Um, My boss is the diversity inclusion um, officer for my agency. And so when I first got on to this new position, everything was he, they, them. And so, you know, I had to close the door, pull him into my office and say, look, I get it. We are supposed to be inclusive and I am inclusive. But what I'm not going to get into is all this cis and gendered and you're a boy, you're a girl. 
the end. Shit. It just, it, it becomes too much, too confusing. And I know I necessarily shouldn't think that way, but I just have a hard time trying to relate to all of that. Now, let's take it a step further. Um, when I think about, you know, the straight man versus the, the homosexual male or whatever you identify, um, there's so many embedded in, in issues that have made us the way that we are, and we have to be so very conscious to change mm-hmm. that. Uh, my partner and I were sitting on the couch about a week or so ago with the damn dog, of course, and we were watching television, and they had this commercial I thought just was so beautiful, it actually brought tears to my eyes. It was this uh, young uh, Caucasian baby and this uh, African-American baby. Um, they didn't see gender, they didn't see race, they didn't see anything but just the fact that they wanted to be children, and they hugged each other. And I'm like, if only we could step outside of ourselves and the things that we have totally experienced that have made us the way we are and just get back to that root, right? So I think, you know, growing up for the most part, we don't have, like, I did, I, I recognize I did not have somebody who I could legitimately talk to about the issues and things that I was experiencing coming up, right? It was more about, you know, you, you, I didn't necessarily hide it, but I wasn't waving, you know, the gay flag and I wasn't out here, you know, saying, hey, see me, I'm a gay. But everybody, I was considered popular, I guess, because nobody really bothered me. Nobody really tormented me. But I also have some counterpart or friends um, who, you know, really went to the extreme and they were tormented every day. And that wasn't my reality. And I thank God for that. But I also recognize, like, throughout the years of growing all learned behavior and because we we get to such a place to where because we don't understand that we're afraid um, that we we torment and we tear down and we just get so just it's just a fight and I just as, as a grown ass man I can't fathom it but you know it's just hard for me to even deal you know because it just it's so many different emotions and thoughts that go into that, that I'm just like, you know, I want to say to the, the, the few straight, well, not few, excuse me, let me rephrase that. I want to say to some of the straight men that I come in contact with, whether they're at work or whether they're wherever, just because somebody's gay don't mean that they fucking want to, right? Everybody's Hello. To right. And so get out of yourself, right? But it's just, I don't know. It, it, it just, it's a lot that goes into it. And it's, it becomes very emotional for me because it's like, I'm just trying to survive and be okay just like you. And I just want to be happy. Why can't you also understand that as well? So I'm sorry. I feel like I, I jumped around on so many different tangents. So I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm No, I don't. I don't think that at all. I think it's a very kind of, it's a real topic because I think most of that is you have to understand you, it's a certain behavior that you learn as a kid. Now, not to say that, you know, everybody had everybody has a different upbringing, but as you get older, you also realize that certain um, beliefs, um, certain things that you were taught, they no longer serve you as adults. Mm-hmm. But then you have to realize that you have to then go unlearning certain things. Exactly. I was very much blessed where my parents put me in. Atmosphere where I knew everybody, you know, from gay, straight, um, just any and everything. I knew kids from foster care who wasn't in foster care, who had dads in their life, who did single moms like out. So I come with a completely different perspective of 
I'm very empathetic to everybody's, you know, I can, I remember it was uh, one friend of mine and he was scared to like, you know, he wanted to come out. And I was just like, well, who are you coming out to? And he was like, well, I'm coming out to you. I said, you're not coming out to me. I've been new. <laughs> like, I was just waiting on you to feel comfortable to, he was like, so he was like, well, why didn't you tell me? I'm like, because that wasn't my story to tell. I was waiting on you to tell me, but of course I knew. I'm like, you bring my head better than I can. I, I mean, not to say that wasn't a thing, but it was just like, I know you enough to know that my we can lay in the bed butt naked and you would not touch no parts of me. Like you wouldn't even want to warm to want to cuddle up with me to get warm. Like to I I know that and I accept that about you. So it it is it is always so weird to me how men women can just we would just be friends and you know but for men it is like the biggest food pie like oh my gosh no I can't do that I'm not sure where everybody else is but I I'm 46 so I remember and I, I'm from New York right so I would go to the village and hang out and you know there were certain places that I knew just walking in the door, all of the the concerns that I would have in a quote unquote street club, I could completely leave at the door because I was amongst people who were my people. You right. know, so I could dance solo or with somebody. Um, I could just be in the space and exist without all the things that on the exterior of that club I had to deal with, right? And so, yeah, those safe spaces used to exist. They're not as prevalent now. Um, But, you know, back to one other thing that we were talking about, you know, we have evolved. So as Maurice was saying, now we have gender pronouns that we have to be mindful of. And it's not that there's no judgment in the fact that, you know, based on your own lived experience, Maurice, you, you said, you know, you can't, you can't go with all of the extra uh, pronouns, right? But for the person who is struggling internally and doesn't quite feel like he and doesn't quite feel like she and says, well, I can identify as they because then I don't have to be committed to someone else's framework. Um, That ability today gives them so much freedom to be who they are. And I think for us, we've lived through, I think most of us are Gen Xers. And so we've lived through seeing what our parents' generation, the boomers had to deal with, where a lot of secrecy was the the way of the day. And then what our children, those of us that have them, our nieces, nephews, for those that don't, or, you know, friends, kids, they have complete freedom to be who they are from elementary school forward, or I shouldn't say complete, but significantly more freedom to be who they are all the way from elementary school. And so for those of us that are kind of in the middle, we're looking this way and saying, damn, they were completely in the closet. And these kids are like out there, you know, but what it is, is we've evolved and society is more accepting. And, you know, what children and individuals who are now having children, their reality is so different from ours because they were raised in an environment where the things that our 
you know, uncles, aunts, mothers, fathers fought for that we continued fighting for are just realities for them. Some things, at least. Agreed. I think that um, to a point, I think um, not sure who made the who referenced it, but when it comes to society, definitely we live in a society where um, lesbian behavior or girl on girl behavior is clearly obviously one of those things that's obviously way too way overly more, accepted. Way, well, whoa, whoa. it's not overly. I, I wouldn't but. say overly accepted. You don't think it's overly accepted? Was, girl on girl is not overly accepted. So, but you have to. So you have to realize. You have to realize that that girl on girl experience is for the most part every straight male's fantasy. Period. So the fact, so so so, and, and that's not, and that's not to say that, and and but the thing is, is that it's like it's like we we as straight males, like you know, we we accept that you have straight you have straight females that accept it because they're able to like like let's not kid ourselves as close as Tone and I might be given our friendship. If if Tone if Tone fall asleep on on the bed, I'm sitting in the chair. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, or or I'm gonna make a pallet on 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 the floor. Whereas until women, y'all y'all, regardless of whether you're straight or Be not, scoot over. yeah, exactly, Be y'all scoot y'all, over. y'all will definitely get into the same bed with each other. Over. So there's so there's a level there's a level of acceptance not only just from society but even from female female mindset because you don't look at it as being something something odd. So can I ask why? Can I ask why you would make a pallet or sleep on the chair? Because I, because honestly, because there's still the part of me that in my head still deals with that factor of like, okay, hey, I'm not trying to nestle up next to Tone. There's no reason for me to nestle up next to Tone. There's no reason for me in my head. There's no reason for me to get in the same bed with Tone. And if I do, it's it's head head foot, period. And and that's but that's that's how he looks at it. I would be okay with it. But like literally, like the night before my wedding, G slept in my bed. Right. Like, and I was just like, this is weird. I'm tired. I'm going to go to sleep. Like, because he, we had run out of beds in the suite that we're staying in. That was the only reason I was like, this is weird. So it's uh, the each individuals, like each individual's approach to such things is how they feel about it. Yeah. At the end of the day. But I think the reason that that fantasy exists is because straight men sexualize lesbian or girl on girl behavior as an opportunity for them to engage but in truth in truth if it's Honey, a lesbian situation they're not interested in you they don't so that you. whole they fantasy thing so is they don't is no you. True. so that's where i'm gonna i'm gonna for for one it's a sexual situation where i ain't gotta do no work so i'm fine with that number two <laughs> It is not just it is not just men that make that an objectifiable situation. I've seen bisexual women and straight up lesbians take advantage of friends who afterwards would look me dead in my face and be like, no, I'm straight. I was just having fun. Right. Mm-hmm. So you ate sure. her out for 35 minutes and you're straight and you enjoyed it. You enjoyed it. You right. was happy about it, but you're straight. And they'll be like, yep, I was just having fun. Mm-hmm. And women are allowed it- to. Women are allowed that space. They're allowed right. that space because they don't suffer from masculinity. So, like, yeah. women will be like, I ate my best friend out like two, three years ago. It was cool. We ain't going to do it again. 
Right, I was experimenting. You'll never hear a straight dude be like, I sucked off my best friend two years ago, and we don't never. do that no more because we just not doing that anymore. Like, never. you know, no man will ever do that. But plenty, I know a, a shit ton. My wife is bi. Like, and I hope she didn't mind you tell her. No. Nah. Okay. She, she actually, she always wants me to be like, Hey, you tell that motherfucker over there I'm bi. So that's the the B in the LGBT. Like right. she will tell people okay. in a heartbeat. But like my wife is bi, and she has had lesbian friends be like, um, "I would, you know, chew on you," and she'd be like, "Fuck off." Whereas her bisexual friend, she's like, because <laughs> she almost as bad as her husband. But. Most um, women, um, there are so? women who objectify women in much the same way. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, absolutely. I, I, think, I, I think we're some of the worst. I was just referencing what Fleming was talking about because he was talking oh, about yeah. it's the man's like greatest fantasy, a straight man's fantasy. It, so it and, is a man, it is it is a straight man's fantasy until he has to deal with two women at once. Or until the two women clarified that they're not interested in him, him. Oh, and yeah. then yeah. and then yeah. it changes for many individuals in that situation. It becomes dangerous, mm-hmm. you know. Right. It becomes yeah. violent because of rejection, you right. know. So now again, she's a bitch, you know. Right. Fuck mm-hmm. her, you know. Yeah. You know all these no other way. things. Yeah, it's like you ain't that cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. mm-hmm. but yeah. but as I said earlier, I am a safe space. Come on, safe space. <laughs> I love it. Come on, Maurice, safe space. Maurice, you, you have something to say? No, I was just going to say, you know, <laughs> what I have seen throughout uh, the years, especially with women, I am just so amazed. Uh, just because you all can, you know, sit and talk about each other's boobs and, you know, your... your we'll your, touch your on them. We'll and, do all kinds of, like, we yeah, will literally, like, like, you know, let somebody be like, oh, I got this rash or something. Girl, let me see it. Like, absolutely. Correct. You know, and it it, it it amazes me how we as men can't get to that place of space, right? We, we as men just sexualize so much. And it's, again, it goes back to, I don't, every man doesn't want, every gay man doesn't want every straight man or every man, period. You know, there still has to be some type of attraction there. But I, but I think that also goes back to just how comfortable that man is in his sexuality, right? Because there are a couple of few friends that I have that I know that know, hey, I'm not trying to do anything to you. I'm not even seeing you like that. We're just cool and that's okay. Right. But you have to just get to that point. You have to get way beyond, I think, a lot of barriers um, to recognize that. And we as a whole have not gotten there. Um, And it's unfortunate because I think that you also can share and talk about way more things than what we we are able to really build upon and do. I think think part of that is also have any of y'all served in the military? No, no. Okay, so I'm gonna tell you one thing that that also has its its hand in in quite the reverse manner, because like I can tell you that most of the ex Marines I know, especially my dad, but like the dudes that I work with, have a lot of gay friends, and that's because in the Marine Corps specifically, but in the military in general, there is it's there is a general acceptance of sexuality, and also. 
if you've ever been deployed with Marines, they are, they are gayer than any club you've ever been to in your entire life. As a whole. As a whole. You will see more dick art in a Marine Corps barracks than you will see in a porno store. I promise you that. Okay. I, just, I, I missed my opportunity. I should have... Yeah, because you been to the barracks. You have aged out. You have aged out. And I'm also, you know, in a in a dating relationship. So, you know, I don't have I don't have the freedom of my single life anymore. Um, but but yeah, I think, you know, I mean, if you look back in history, military um practices, homosexuality was more accepted, but not because it was sexualized. But it was kind of a means to an end. You're at a place where you can't get to your wife, so you use each other. You know, and and that's just what it was, mm-hmm. right? Y'all really don't want to know the original use of a cabin boy. I'm gonna just. I don't. I don't want to know. Well, I do, but not. But give me a second. Because <laughs> 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 um, you know, always good to learn. But but I think, you know, I think there's a, you know, as a, as a member of the LGBTQ plus community, we do bear some responsibility in making situational uh, errors and creating situations where there need not be one, where some gay men, some bisexual men do not respect the fact that every straight man is not exploring their sexuality. Right. right. So there are some gay men who have, who, or, or, or want to be converted or all these other terms. Right. So I have, I have straight friends uh, and there've been instances where being a support of me, there's been an association to another gay person that, Oh, he must be gay too. And therefore, they come on to the person. And, you know, person says, listen, you know, I'm, I'm, that's my boy, Keith's my boy, but I, I don't get down like that. And they can hear that. And then it almost becomes an, uh, what for straight men, the same thing occurs when a woman says, no, thank you. It becomes a mission. I, I, I got to win the prize. And the prize is you breaking down to say yes. And so, unfortunately, situations like that have created a bit of a a rift between the straight community and the gay community. Um, And I think younger gay men are a lot more expressive. They are not as socially aware. They don't read the room, as someone said earlier. They don't take social cues and possibly because of the way they socialize and things being on computers and internet. And, you know, you got these personalities you can hide behind on social media and so forth. If a man says he's not interested, just like if a woman says she's not interested, that should be the end of it. Irrespective to whether the person is gay, straight, bi, you know, cisgender, not identified. If someone says they're not interested, that's just the end of it. And, if if gay men are not able to accept that, I think it goes back to, again, something more we said, which is that's an internal struggle 
um, you know, where being rejected, air quotes, is an issue. Got it. Tony, you had something to say? I was going to say, I'm I'm really glad you said that because if I pointed out, I'm going to look like an asshole. But like literally those situations have happened to me multiple times. And I'll be me like, too. Um, if this was in reverse, exactly. it would be problematic. Like, like legit, it would be problematic. But it also did help me like understand like some of my friends were dickheads. Like y'all, y'all really need to cut that shit out with the whole now. Nah, but she really wants to. Mm-hmm. Like just because someone some chick no, in nineteen ninety five said yes, right? And the, like just because some chick in nineteen ninety five said yes to this bullshit, don't mean that some lady in today is gonna say yes to it. So you need to drop that. And, right. Like you know, seriously, I think that goes along both. I believe that goes along both lines, but like legitimately there has, it has been, it has gotten worse as I've gotten older. Like I've noticed that. And also there are straight men who don't help that cause mm-hmm. because they'll jump on Tinder and like, cause one of my coworkers is gay and literally I work in the gun industry if y'all don't know, but like, Oh, that's good to know. Yeah. So he um, legitimately will have his Tinder on while he's at work and he'll get messages like, hey, there's really nice bathrooms here, blah, blah, blah. And and I'll be like, and he'll show me a message like, dude, isn't that him? And like point to the dude (laughs) there with his wife and be like, I'm pretty sure that's him. And I'll be like, and he just wants you to go in the bathroom and just break him off a little something. And he'll be like, yeah. And I'll be like, it's, what is is that gay? I don't I don't understand. What what are we doing? I was like, we do have really nice bathrooms though. So are you about to? Do I need to cover you? <laughs> and he'd be like, <laughs> so gun stores have nice bathrooms? I didn't know that. <laughs> oh my, yeah, his store does. has really nice bathrooms. Oh, your your store has nice bathrooms. Okay, got it. Yeah, my store has really nice bathrooms. But like, literally, some of the shit he gets just via Tinder. Like eighty percent of it is not even gay men, and so that goes back to, you know, if we could talk about this, and for people that don't know about it, the Kinsey scale, right? So mm-hmm. Kinsey created this scale, which is it goes from ex- exclusively heterosexual to exclusively homosexual, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of people who think that. There's only the two ends, exclusively mm-hmm. heterosexual, exclusively homosexual. But there's actually people that right. fall all along the scale, right? And so, right. say that again, those, all in that gray area. Those straight men, air quotes, <laughs> that are hitting your boy up on Tinder right. are likely not straight, um, right. but are, are unable to come out. Because of, you know, society, because of the fact that they end up financially, you know, broken. They got alimony and child support potentially that would take them where they'd be getting 30 percent of their check. Um, So they Mm -hmm. say in these situations and sometimes women know it, you know, and they say in these situations. But the unfortunate thing is that lives are interrupted in the in the process. Right. And Mm -hmm. so there are individuals in marriages where. They have the ability to have sex outside of the marriage, and that's the agreement that they've made with their wives or their husbands. Ain't nothing like an understanding. But there are a lot more 
situations that I have come into account uh, into contact with that are similar to that tender bathroom situation where their spouse does not know that they may right. be having a sexual experience with someone other than her or him. And then right. that that's just dishonesty, right? There's that has no sexual orientation. Right. That's just Facts. dishonesty. Well, I mean, like literally the Kinsey scale, that's a fantastic get. Like I, I love most of Kinsey's work. Um, I feel like it's ironic that they had Big Dick Liam Neeson play Kinsey <laughs> on the TV show because um, the man is historically huge. I don't know if you knew that, Christopher, but it's some knowledge I know. And I fig- figured I'd share it with everybody. Thank you. Appreciate um, appreciate you sharing that. Thank you. And, and, you, are, you are a whole learning tree, sir. And listen, Come on. Joy Behar, <laughs> Joy Behar will be excited to hear that, Anthony, because she loves some Liam, Liam Neeson. And yes, con- like- <laughs> continues to talk about the fact that he is her man, her, her whole past. Yeah, and that, and that. So the funny part is, like, the reason why I've even heard about this mostly is um, I, I listen to Kevin Smith's podcast, and they end every podcast with jokes about how big Liam Neeson's cock is. <laughs> That's number one. <laughs> number two. Number two. I actually saw the interview with the chick who um, first said it. And he was, the dude was like, you used to date Liam Neeson. She goes, yeah. And his cock is about the size of a smart water bottle, but about this. And like, dude, literally in the middle of the interview was like, I don't, how did we get there? Like, he's looking around and I'm just like, somebody had to tell you. Hey, well, I just want to, <laughs> I just want to go on the record that I am a, a, a Harlem gay. And the word cock is one of the worst words to me. Please, okay. Okay. I, it'll it is the the turnoff was... of turnoffs in my experiences. Really? <laughs> if, if a man ain't got a dick, uh-huh. there's nothing we need to talk about in my single days. So, so, so the funny part is when me and Chris can vouch for this. Growing up in East Oakland as a youth, all the rappers called pussy cop. Yeah, they called it who? It became very. They pussy called cock. pussy cock. Yeah. <laughs> so it became very confusing. For Say you what? As you, what do you think two sorts cocktails are about? Right. It's not about his dick. Right. It's about, it's about pussy. pussy. Yeah. Mm. yeah. That was on the West so Coast. I I, I don't know no people on the East Coast that was calling pussy cock. Or Midwest. Or Midwest. In East Oakland specifically, <laughs> got fucked up by the rap game because we was all like, "Yeah," and I'm about to go get some cock, and then you go over to Bay, and you go over to Sofrisco, and you find out it means something very different. <laughs> very different. We're gonna, you we went over here looking We're gonna switch it, right? Family. We're gonna switch yeah, it. Yeah, but no, just, <laughs> like no, I'm, I'm well, I'm listeners. There, I'm up there with Grace. Be careful I'm, with. Look, I'm, I'm, up, I'm up there with Grace Jones. Okay, pussy, 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 mm-hmm. pussy, 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 pussy. Yes. There we go. <laughs> so we got it. So not not using the work. Actually, there was a, there's a TV show. Uh, oh, I can't think of the name of it, but yeah, there was a girl. It's a black girl who was in a sex scene with a white dude, and he said he had to take all his cock, and she literally took it like maybe two more times, and then got up and bounced completely, like left well, I mean, left the apartment. A- I was like, oh, okay, got yeah, it. Just. There's a yeah, yeah. There's that movie um 
there's that movie Orgasmo. True. So because because he was Mormon, he couldn't perform any of the sex scenes, <laughs> and so he had a stunt cop. <laughs> okay, so we're gonna get back on topic because I feel like we're. <laughs> The only thing we need okay. Anthony, we caught guns. Okay, so I do got I do have a question. And I'm gonna I'm gonna toss this out there. Uh how many for 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 Maurice and, and Keith, have you ever had a straight male friend to ever approach you about any of the bisexual women that you know, and actually like like in like try to introduce or like hook up for anything? Yeah, yes. So what I have found is a lot of well, let me back up. I don't have a lot of straight male friends. Um, gotcha. We just don't do oh, just. Hold on, show but you know my my the the straight folks that i enter or straight males that i interact with um are always quick because most of my friends are women and they're actually beautiful women and not you know, hyping it up, but they are. You know, this, this I, is I, true. I, I, this I, is I, true. You know, but you know. What I recognize, though, because of that, you know, a lot of my frat brothers or the folks that are males that are straight, they're very quick to. Um, you know, I ask, well, what's going on with her? What is she into? And those who are into a lot of sexual shit, um, those who are not uh-huh. into sexual shit, they don't care. They just want to know how can I connect? And you can be the kind of it because they also know that right. as the gay man, I'm not threatening, right? I'm not trying to sleep with her. You know, sidebar, funny story. Uh, one of my close friends who is gorgeous. I mean, she's just a beautiful woman. Uh, we were getting ready to go to uh, my fraternity's ball. Um, and she was my date because at the time I needed a, a female date. I gotcha. couldn't come in there with my whole guy. <laughs> and so um, uh, I get to her house and I'm sitting there in my tuxedo. Um, and, you know, she's she's upstairs getting dressed. And she's like, Reese, Reese, can you come upstairs and help me? I'm like, sure. I get upstairs and she's sitting there, butt, booty, hole, neck. It just pow, pow, pow. And, you know, we both just looked at each other and just started laughing as I handed her her bra. Right. And so I just I, I, I laugh and I tell that story because what I also represented, mm-hmm. I was so comfortable in who I am and she was so comfortable mm-hmm. in who she was. And what I also recognize is a lot of times it, it's very difficult to have that kind of relationship sure. with a straight man. Right. You know, I, I, I just can't understand why they can't get past. You know, I don't want you and you don't want me and it's okay. Mm -hmm. I know it's case by case, but what I feel like it's very hard to make connections with straight men uh, when they know that you're gay and you could be as comfortable as you are in your, you know, your life and what you got going on. You know, y'all can say something to shit, but you all are not like just hanging out. Like I know I can call Siobhan at any given time to say whatever and it's no big deal, right? You can't always do that there has to be something that's connecting you 
And it, it, it just blows me because it, 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 to me, it shouldn't be like that. It should be at its purest form and its mind. I don't, I, I can't think of any men that have asked me about bisexual friends of mine because I don't know how they would know that um, <laughs> in that in that context. But like Maurice, I've had a lot of guys, acquaintances and friends, ask me about other female friends because I have you know, a, a significant number of female friends also. Um, and like I, I, I will be honest and I, I'm delivered from this now, but when I was younger, if I didn't find you attractive, I would not befriend you. Um, I'm, I'm just being honest. Baby. So I didn't, I didn't have ugly friends. <laughs> Right, I just didn't, and I'm a little I'm not, better I'm now. Not mad at it. But I'm, I'm just telling the truth, right? So, and that was across the board. That was on the male and female side. Um, now, that didn't mean I wanted to sleep with either of them, right? I just mm. want they had to be someone that was appealing to me visually in order for me to befriend them. Again, I've been delivered. When I think about my female friends, you know, I'm like Maurice, you know, the girls that I know, they're beautiful women. And I frequently have found myself in a position where, uh, especially for my two closest friends, their male, you know, their husband or boyfriends have talked to me to help me help them understand them better. And they have, in 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 the same way, the the females have talked to me to help me understand their um, male spouse or boyfriend better. And what I have to always remind both of them is that I'm still a man, right? So I'm not gonna think like her, right? But I can give you context to where something that you're saying sounds misogynistic or it you know has a bit of a, a a negative connotation based on the presentation and likewise on the female side you know guys don't think like that like i mean i mean i understand what you're saying but he's a he's a man so he's not gonna like i don't even think like that you know and and so you know i know that my experiences as a gay man in friendships with straight men have often brought them a, a perspective that have allowed them to have conversations in a different way with their wife or girlfriend. And I, you know, that, that, that's a piece that I think sometimes unfortunately is missed if mm. a, a straight man cannot see the benefit of having a gay male friend, you know, we have different perspectives and, we may we, there's more that we can do together, non-sexually, than people give us credit. I'm I'm gonna ask y'all this because, um, and I'm gonna let y'all be the final deciders of this because I get tired of having this conversation. Can men be bisexual? Um, can men be bisexual based on society's standard, or are there bisexual men who truly are attracted sexually to both men and women? Are there men who are truly are? Absolutely. Um, now, I don't believe society accepts that. <laughs> I think straight women will say right. he's gay. Unfortunately. Okay. 
You, you agree with that, Maurice? Um, I, I do not agree with that. I think that it it makes the individual or it comes across just being very selfish. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that you like one more than the other. And yeah, you might believe that you like both, but just my beliefs, I don't think so. Okay. Uh, and I think most women, my opinion again, um, who, you know, know that a man is sleeping with other men, that's just, it's it's a lot going on. And so I don't think that they would want to deal with that because you're now not only fighting other women for this man's attention. So wait, can I ask a follow-up question okay. to you, Maurice? When you say you don't believe, do you not believe they're accepted or you don't believe they exist? I think a little bit of both, right? So, you know, the the the, the men that I know that are quote-unquote bisexual, I know that they like more than the other, you know? And I, I just think that you're just being really greedy. I just think that you're just trying to have your cake and eat it too, not because this is really what you want, but this is what okay. society dictates for you. The reason I ask is because legitimately, 90% of the time, if I ask a gay man if they believe men can be bisexual, and- they say no. Now, and to me, across the line, it is more with gay males than it is with straight males that they can believe a man can be bisexual. Whereas with women, a lot of women are not accepting. And I've watched my wife go through that yeah. a whole bunch. You know, at having bisexual friends, it's, it's so different. You know, I'm definitely in that 10%, right? The 10% that believes that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, of gay men, right. same gender loving men that believe there are gay bisexual men. I think, unfortunately, you know, and, right. and again, this is where I think our community has done a disservice. And I think it was more so um, the, the gay, you know, gay men and lesbian women were not always under the same umbrella, right? They were, I think the AIDS mm-hmm. pandemic really brought us together um, and brought straight women in, into the fold as well in, in a way that has made this umbrella term a little more accepting. But as someone that's been out for, you know, a significant amount of time and have done work in the in the community to, to understand, I've heard the conversations that bisexual men and women have about being mm-hmm. rejected by the straight community and gays and lesbians, right? Um, because some people Absolutely. do have that that mindset that, you know, y- you don't exist. Either you gay or you straight. There's no, right. and, and going back to Kinsey, right? You're either all the way over there or all the way over there. There's no room right. for you to be somewhere on the, on the right. other, the, that line. And then for the listeners, I just want to, you know, challenge listeners to, to understand being bisexual doesn't mean that you have a 50-50 split between your attraction or your desire. You know, it just means that you right. personally, that person identifies that they have sexual attraction to both male mm-hmm. and female, right? And there are also individuals who are bisexual and monogamous. And so there's that notion of, you know, you have to compete with both. I think, you know, unfortunately, that that is prevalent, right? That's a prevalent thought amongst gays and lesbians, as well as the straight community in that you have to, you know, there's, there's no room. If you want one, that's all you can have. Um, 
And, you know, at, right. if you are in a relationship and you're not in a relationship that's open, then please be monogamous by all means. But if you are interested in both, right. then please be honest, because the worst thing to happen is, in my humble opinion, to enter a relationship with either a straight or gay or bisexual person, knowing that you have interests that lie in something other than them and not give them the opportunity to choose whether or not they want to be engaged in that relationship. I think that is right. the, the, one of the most um, disgusting forms of theft that exists in our society. Amen. Agree. Agree. Okay. Amen. So as far as like my personal belief on it, I believe people can be truly bisexual, but I also believe that there are those out there who are just trisexual and they just want to try anything. And, and that's not, and I'm not talking like people who experiment. I'm talking just people who are trying to get off, like just flat out. They're not experimenting anymore. They know what they like and what they like most of all is to get off. And they don't care who they get off with. They don't care who they get off. Correct. That is correct. Well, send the cocks to them. Right, right, yes. Too much, too much, too much. But I'm bummed. You know? On that note, we're going to move over to final thoughts. Uh, so we will start off with Maurice. So first I want to say uh, thank you guys uh, for inviting me. While I was extremely nervous, um, about jumping on a podcast uh, and what did that look like listening and understanding the topic but you all have made this such an amazing space to uh, be able to just be yourself and uh, express who you are and what you feel and your thoughts so I want to definitely give you guys kudos for that um, final thoughts I, 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 am, I, am, I, am, I hope that I am alive to see the day um, in which you know you can find genuineness as a uh, black gay men uh, with other males and and there not be any, I guess, negative thoughts behind it or any underlying thoughts of somebody trying to be malicious or malice behind who they are and just really be at a place to where they can accept individuals truly for who they are, right? And just trying to connect and be your friend. So. Tom? Um, I want to thank you guys for having me. I appreciate the honesty. Um, I like the discourse. Um, and you know, I, I'll be sure to not say the c word anymore. <laughs> Had I known that was going to be the c word that I got to edit, I would not have like necessarily like I already stopped using one c word. Now I got to stop using the other c word, and I let that changes like at least a good three to four percent of my vocabulary. So that I'm really taken aback. <laughs> right, 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 right. Well, I, there are not a lot of talks <laughs> in my mind, so I don't actually have to use the terminology that often. You know what I'm saying? When I'm using it, it's usually in reference to one specific. <laughs> <laughs> um, other than that, you know, it was a pleasure being here with everybody. I appreciate the insight. And hopefully I'll come back for For sure, show. for sure. Appreciate that. Keith? Um, so I can confirm Cleo Manago, not okay. Manigo, so Manigo. Gotcha. Okay. Um, 
I looked it up while I was on here. And uh, come on, Google. Well, yes, it, that, it, it was Facebook actually because we are Facebook friends. But I was like, I want my my. Never mind. <laughs> so, like others have said, you know, Maurice Anthony, you know, I thank you guys for for being a part of this conversation and. I appreciate your perspectives and the fact that we can have different perspectives and still be respectful to one another and not, you know, be in, in, in difference. Uh, I love the podcast. Fleming, you know that uh, you know, yes. it's truly, I think, a blessing to our community. And I've, I've definitely shared it with people in my life because I think the conversations are really important to have. So the thing that I would like to use as a final thought is... Um, be mindful that your perspective is it, it's valid um, and it's also liable to change if someone in your family identifies as uh, someone in the LGBTQ plus community. At the same time, be careful of how you express what you're saying because they're also listening. So just because you don't see them with a rainbow flag doesn't mean that they don't identify as being part of, you know, the community that that sits beneath it. And the safe the safest space you can create is one of acceptance so that they can come to you and talk to you about the things that are really important including their sexual orientation. Cool. Appreciate that. Vaughn? Absolutely. Thank you, gentlemen, for um, coming to hang out and play with us for a little bit. Um, definitely enjoyed you guys. Definitely will have you back. Um, my final thought is to kind of really piggyback off of what um, Keith said. Understand that your perspective changed. If you're able to live and you're able to see the world outside of the four corners you grew up with, your I will hope that your ideas change and giving people grace and empathy is amazing. And just as much as you want grace and empathy, make sure you give it to other people. So that is my final thought. Fleming. Yes, ma'am. Um, thank you everybody for joining us this evening. Final thought. Um, do better at loving one another. I don't care what you, what your preference is, what your pronoun is, what your verb is, but none of it. I don't care. I just, you know, love people for who they are. If they're good hearted people at the, at the root of that, love them for that period. If they treat you well, love them because they treat you well. You know, uh, we're all, we all got differences. We all have differences of opinions. That's just life. And one of the things that I definitely always want to make sure that going forward um, for us here is just the fact that, hey, at the end of the day, I love you for just being you. Thank you for listening to this week's show. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at Father Should Pod. You can also visit our website at www.fathershould.org. 